Thanks for joining us today for the City Light Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at citylightchurch.com. Today, we are starting a brand new series called It's Time. With the new year here, it's time to stop looking back and start looking forward to all that God has for you. Let's jump into part one of the series, It's Time. 2020, it's a new year. Man, I just love a new year. I don't know, I just feel like everything starts over. Uh, it's just actually the same you know, month or a different month, just the same kind of weeks, but it just feels different to me. I don't know about you, but I love this time of year. It's great. And, uh, and so we're starting a brand new series in here today just called It's Time. It's Time. And so I'm excited for this because I just feel like uh, God has just given me a message in a series for us this month and uh, that it's just really time to really start getting going and moving on some areas of our lives and I'm just excited for it and so do me a favor this morning we're going to get a little participation a little bit all right so I want you to look at your neighbor and just look at them tell them it's time it's time just go ahead look at them some of y'all aren't doing it that's okay you're going to talk to Jesus about that later all right now look at your second choice the person you didn't pick on the first time look at them and say it's really time for you I'm going to pray for you but anyway it's time. All right, good stuff. Well, I don't know if uh, you're like me, but uh, I'm kind of a person that I, I, can, I can be in a hurry a lot of times in my life. Like, I don't know about you, but like, I can be in a hurry where I'm always rushing. Like, I, my life motto is if I'm five minutes early, I'm late. And so, like, I always want to be on time. How many on time people do we have in the house today? Okay, Every, this is second service, so it's like, oh, I'm a little different, you know, a little laid back folk in second service. It's okay, I love it. And, and I'm one of those people that's like, man, I want to be on time. I feel like time is important. You know, I, I want to value other people's time. You know, I want to make sure that I'm always there early for a meeting if I have one, you know, and things like that. And, and I'm really always in a rush, though. I'm always, like, trying to speed to get there, make sure, you know, I'm always there. And, and I struggle a lot of times whenever I get uh, behind the wheel of a vehicle when it comes to being in a hurry. How many of y'all identify with that a little bit? Like when you get behind the wheel of a car, sometimes it's like you're just barely a Christian sometimes. Like it's like, oh, like I, I'm a, just barely, like I'm struggling driving behind the car. Like my wife is embarrassed sometimes to ride with me in a vehicle. Like she just like, uh, we'll get behind somebody, you know, and maybe somebody's not, you know, driving the way that I think they should be driving. And, you know, and I want to like encourage them with a little honk, you know. I think the, the, the horn is God's blessing in our life to us. I think it's a gift from God. It's right in the center of that wheel for a reason. And, and so like my wife, like she'll always like say, honey, don't honk, don't honk at him. Please don't honk, don't, don't honk. Oh my gosh, you honked at him. Oh my God, I can't leave you honked at him. I can't look at him right now. You know, like, and I always drive up next to him and I roll her window down so they can see her. And I'm like, it was her, you know, and it really put her in an awkward situation. But, like, I'm just in a hurry a lot of times, and, like, that's just me. Like, my staff laughs at me. Like, I love to get to the airport, like, uh, two days before our flight takes off. Like, I just want to be early. Like, it's the way I live my life. I just love that stuff. Uh, but the, the thing that frustrates me the most when I'm driving in a car is whenever you may experience this, you know, when you're in a, a stoplight and you're in a left turn, the turn lane and, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at everybody, you're like, all right, I, the light's red, you know, and I can count the cars and I can say, okay, you know, there's a light cycle here that if everyone pays attention and if everyone is on their game and everyone hits that accelerator, man, we can all make it through this light and, and I'm going to be happy. Life 
life's going to be great. But, you know, there's always that person, that, that free spirit person. God bless that person who's maybe like on their cell phone in that moment. You know, they're sending that important text message while they're driving. You know, yes, they're at a light, but they're still, I got to get, I got to update my, my Facebook status or I'm taking a selfie right now. I'm driving, going to work, you know, and it's like there's always that person. And then it's like the light turns green and like they're not moving forward. And it's like, oh, my goodness, God, help me in this moment. And, you know, what I do a lot of times, my wife hates it, but I, I'll give them just a little beep, beep, you know, like, and the beep, beep is just like, hi, how are you, you know, the light's green, I don't know if you notice, but sorry to bother you, I know you're doing a lot of important things right now on social media, but we're trying to go somewhere right now, and it's just a little, very like a friendly beep, beep, that's what I do, but what I, I, I want to do as I want to give him the old honk, you know, I want to lay down on the horn, like I want to follow them till they get home, like hitting the horn, like the whole time, like that's what I want to do, but that's not what I do, you know, and, and I was thinking about that, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I think a lot of times in life, um, you know, this year, I think sometimes we in life, we can kind of get stuck in some areas in our life and we, it's hard for us to move forward, whether it's a, a multitude of things. And I just want to declare over your life as we go into a new year that I believe with all of my heart that the light is green over your life. And what I mean by that is that God's promises are yes and amen. Like God wants to do some amazing things in your life. And I know that we can have some excuses, we can have some hangups. We can have some things that prevent us from moving forward into our relationship with God, into all the things that God has for us. We can think we're not qualified. I mean, the list can go on and on. But I want to declare over your life today that the light's green, that you can move forward. You can move forward into the things that God has placed in your heart, the things that he's calling you through his word. Like You can move forward in those areas, and he's with you. He's not left you. He hasn't forsaken you. God is with you through the ups and downs, and the light is green over your life. And so I want to encourage you as we move forward into this year to kind of like look at some areas that we maybe need to move on from, some areas that maybe are some hang-ups, some things that, that maybe we don't like. And over the next few weeks in this series, like I'm just going to give you a little beep-beep as your pastor, okay? Like it's a friendly like, the light's green. We can go. It's okay. We can move forward. I'm never a pastor who's honk. You know, I'm not, I'm not that guy who's going to, like, like, make you leave worse than you felt when you came in here. Like, I just never believe that that kind of preaching ever works where you're, like, you're leaving church and you're, like, oh, my gosh. I, don't, I just feel worse about myself now. Like, I'm not going back to that place ever again. Like, I just don't feel like that works, and maybe you've experienced that. I, I want to always have a church, and I always want to speak a message where when you come into this place that you, you are encouraged, you are lifted up, that God speaks to you, that God does a work inside of you, and that when you leave here, you just feel so much better and that you could charge hell with a squirt gun. Like that's, like that's what I want for your life, that when you walk out of here, you feel that much better every single Sunday. 
But I know that there's some areas that we need to move on from. There's some areas that we need to look at from our last year or years prior and say, okay, God, what are you calling us to do? I love this story about Jesus in the New Testament in the Gospel of Luke. I'm gonna read it from the message paraphrase. And, and this is a, a paraphrase of the Bible. So it's a kind of a modern translation. Not, it's not truly a translation per se, but it's a modern take on some of those things that, that the Bible would say. And, and it says this in Luke chapter nine. It says this, that it's about Jesus. It says, on the road, someone asked Jesus if, if he could go along. He goes, I'll go with you wherever. He's like, Jesus, like, hey, I see you doing all these great things, these miracles, all this stuff. Jesus, I'm ready to go with you. I'm ready to follow you. I'm, I'm ready. And, and I love it because it says in the verse 58, Jesus was curt. So, so Jesus kind of did the honk with this dude, okay? Like, he didn't give him a beep beep. He was kind of like, okay, you want to follow me? All right, let's talk about this. And he says this in verse 58, are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. So we're not staying at the Ritz-Carlton's of life. You know, we're not doing these things. There's going to be some ups and downs in this journey. There's going to be some moments that maybe we're sleeping under the stars. Maybe there's some moments that people don't like us and we get thrown out of some cities and people, you know, it's going to try to kill us eventually. Like, are you really ready to rough it? And, and he's asking this question because I think in life, you can find this to be true as well, that. You know, some of the greatest things that we can accomplish in life take a lot of hard work. Take a lot of hard work. Take a lot of dedication, a lot of sacrifice. Things that maybe that aren't comfortable from time to time. And when you walk through those things, though, what I found, and maybe you found this to be true as well, that I can appreciate and value those things better when I have to really work for something to get there. If it's just handed to me, I don't appreciate it as much. But if I put my blood, sweat, and tears into something, I work in hard, studying hard, go after something, takes a sacrifice, I realize, wow, I value it more, and I value all of the rough times that I went that was before me. Like I realize that those rough moments of my life weren't there to just throw me off, but I can use them as a learning moment of my life. I can can use them as moments where I can grow spiritually and later on the other side of some of those rough moments I look back on those things and say wow because of those moments God taught me this he taught me that and by the way he was with me through all those rough moments he never left me he never forsake me I, yeah, he was there the entire time and now as I'm in my future I'm in this next situation I can lean back to those moments that were a little rough but I learned and I grew and it helps me in those future decisions and those future moments of my life. And Jesus says, listen, hey, you know, following me may not be easy at times. It's, it, sometimes I think we do that as a disservice to people in churches in general. We say, follow Jesus and all your wildest dreams will come true. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says a lot of times, actually, you know, following Christ is going to be hard. People in your life, your friends, your family may not understand it. They might not understand the encounter with Jesus that you've had. They might understand why you go to church, why you serve at church, why you give financially to church, why you do the things you do, why you care about seeing people come to know Christ. Like People won't get it, and they'll, they'll come against you at times, and that happens a lot of times in life. And, and God's saying, listen, hey, but when you follow me, Everything that you encounter, everything that you've experienced, man, it's going to be for the greater, the greater good. God, I'm going to do a work inside of you that even though you're roughing it for a time, man, you're going to reap a blessing on the other side of it because God is a God who always wants to bless his people. 
But later on, he says this in the scripture, which I think is interesting as this guy is like, I wanna follow you. And Jesus said, well, you ready to rough it? Jesus said to another person, hey, follow me. Hey, you right there, follow me. And he said, certainly, but first, excuse me for a couple days, please. I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. Jesus refused. First things first, your business is life, not death. And life is urgent, announce God's kingdom. And when you first read this, you may say, wow, Jesus, (laughs) that seems a little insensitive. Like, are you being a jerk on purpose or what's going on here? Like, the guy's dad just died and, and you don't want him to worry about the arrangements for the funeral. That seems a little insensitive, Jesus. But what you gotta do a lot of times is you have to look at what's really going, what is what, Jesus always gets to the root of the matter. And I think what happens a lot of times in life for most of us, why we don't move on, why we don't go after God with everything, is we can have a lot of viable excuses. Some excuses that seem really, really legit in life and say, you know what, now, now's not a good time for me. You know, I got a lot of things I'm working on. I got a lot of stuff on the table. You know, I got, my plate is full. Like, I don't know if I could commit to one more thing. Oh, my goodness. Like, we can have a lot of viable excuses of life. And Jesus says, no, no, no. I want you to stop focusing on the excuses of why you're not following me. Put those things aside. Yes, they seem viable, but put them aside and come after me because the life I have for you is way better than you can ever imagine. He says this in verse 61. He says, then he said to another, he said, I'm, another said, said to him, I'm ready to follow you, master, but first excuse me while I get some things straightened out at my home, meaning my life is kind of crazy right now. I'm busy. God, I'm busy doing stuff. Man. So busy. Like, I got to do all these things. And, and I think at the same time, I think a lot, we, we can look at our lives and say, you know what? I need to fix some things in my own life before I come after God. Like, I, I got I to gotta get something straightened out here before I come after God. And, and a lot of people wrongly believe that to be true about coming after and following Jesus. That I have to fix my life first, and then I can start really going to church. Then I can really start praying. Then I can really start serving in a church and being a part of what God's doing. Like, I, I have to fix some things first. First, and Jesus says, hey, no, 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 don't touch anything. Like, he's like, don't touch anything because you're just going to mess it up anyway. So don't touch anything. Just come as you are and let me fix it because when I fix it, I'm going to fix it the right way and put you together the right way so you can go forward into things I have for you. I think that happens a lot in our life. And he says this in verse 62. He says, Jesus said, no procrastination. He goes, no backward looks. You know, you, you can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. Seize the day. And that's my hope, is that we would not just look at 2020 and talk about resolutions, talk about goals, talk about all these things, and, and, and that we're going to regret later in life. But I think we should look at this year and say, I'm going to seize the day. I'm not going to maybe look at 2020 as a whole year, but I'm going to look at it as a day-by-day And I'm going to seize the day. I'm going to ask God to do a work inside of me every single day. I'm going to go after him. I'm going to move on from some things that that hung me up in 2019. And I'm going to seize the day. I'm going to go forward into the things that God has for me because I believe that there's a greater thing ahead of me. I'm going to seize the day. You know, a couple nights ago, obviously, it was New Year's Eve, and, and like a lot of you probably, you were up to watch, uh, you know, the ball drop. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard turning 40 because, like, I want to go to bed at, like, 9. Like, and my kids are like, Dad, are we staying up to watch the ball drop? I'm like, man, I'm tired. Like, 
really? Like, you want to do, like, yeah. Like, one year we put on a YouTube video of, like, a countdown that wasn't, it was, like, 8 o'clock at night. We're like, 10, you know. Kids didn't know. It was great, you know. Um, but I was like, yeah, we'll stay up tonight. We'll watch the ball drop. You know, we'll do that. It'll be great. And, and so we were, uh, you know, watching TV and watching New York. And, you know, the countdown began. And I love watching my kids' faces, you know, when the countdown begins. It's like, what do, what do I do? You know, what, what's going on? What, what, you know, like, they don't, they think there's this weird anticipation and this anxiety. It's just weird seeing it in their faces. And then, you know, we see the countdown, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, they do 1. And then the ball hits, you know, midnight strikes. And everybody just claps. And we, like, hug each other. You know, I say, hey, kids, check this out. And I give my wife a big smooch in front of them. And they're like, oh, gross, Dad. You know, I'm like, I'm going to do it again. And so, you know, and just had a great time. But what's funny is that after that moment, we all do this, this thing that's pretty funny. I'm sure you've done it, too, where we, we sing this song. Right as the, the, the midnight strikes, we celebrate, and then we sing this song that, that we all have heard. It's, you know, that old song is, should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind. I'm not a singer, you know, so just pray for me. But then it says, should old acquaintance be forgot, and then we all mumble the next line. Like, they say this is the most popular song that nobody knows the true words to. Like, like, we all mumble the words. We don't know what it is. Like, and I was listening on t- the, 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 the TV, and I'm like, what are they singing? Like, I don't even know what they're saying. And so I Googled it, thank God for the Google. And I went online, and I'm like, what is this song? And I found out the song is actually called, you know, all, it's a Scottish poet actually wrote this song. And it's actually called Old Lang Zing, or Zine, Old Lang Zine. And that's the, the phrase that they sing that everybody mumbles. You know, should old acquaintance be forgot, you know? And it's like, old oh, and it's like, what does that even mean? It's like, what are we saying? Like, what is, what is the deal here? And I began to, like, research this song. And like I said, it's, a, it's an old Scottish kind of poet, a proverb, that basically talks about the days gone by, all those days that are gone by. And so really what the poet in the song is saying is that should all these old acquaintances, all these old things, like what should we leave in that prior year and what are the things that we should take forward into the next year? Well, what, are the thing, what are those things that need to just be days gone by that we're saying, you know what, I'm not taking that moment, that situation, that idea into the next year, but I'm actually leaving it behind and I'm moving forward to the next thing. And that's really what the song is saying. Like what are those things that we should, we should leave behind? What are those things that we need to move on from? What are those things that we say, you know what, I'm going to take this, though, from 2019, but I'm, I'm not going to take this. And maybe for some of us in this room, it's not 2019. Maybe it's 2018. Maybe it's some stuff that we've been carrying from 2017. Maybe it's some stuff we've been carrying from 1998, you know, 1975. Like, I don't even know. Like, we can live our lives a lot of times when we carry from year after year something that we should have just let those old acquaintances be forgot. We should have let those old hurts, those old wounds, those old things just be left behind and never brought to mind again. But instead, what we happen to do is we all take those moments, those things that we regret, those things that we never want to talk about, but we, we carry them with us into year after year after year. And I just believe 
that 2020, let's, let's have a year where we say, you know what, I'm going to move on from some things. The light is green over my life. I'm going to move forward into the plans and destiny that God has for me. And I'm leaving behind those things that, that need to be left behind. So if you're taking notes today, let me give you just a few things this morning that I think, and I, as I prayed about this, some things that we need to leave behind into the past. Number one, if you're taking notes, we need to move on from our, our, our old history. We need to move on from our old history. I think we need to take out the, the mental computer, get the drop-down window, and hit the clear history button and say, you know what? There are some things about my history that I just need to, to, to clear because what I'm, ha- what I'm seeing is a lot of times people, and I've done this, is that our history can often determine our identity. We, we look at our history, and I'm talking about the, maybe the things and mistakes that we have done the things that happened to us, or maybe the things that happened that were even out of our control, the history things. And, and we can kind of like live every day thinking that's who I am because of those failures, because of those moments, because of that stuff. You know, that's who I am now. I, I take that identity with me year after year. That's just who I am now. That's just it. That's just, that's just it. And there could be some bad things that happen to us. Life is full of situations that we would never want for ourselves to walk through. And, and it's like we can get to a place where we, we say, why, is, why me? Like, why, why, why me? Why do I have to go through that? Why do, why, why do I have to experience this? Why me? Why me? And we can take this why me attitude and mindset over our life and just say, this is who I am. And nothing good ever happens. This is the way it's always been and it's always, always, always going to be. I had this mentality a lot of my life growing up. When I was five years old, I was... You know, I was, I was kind of like a, a sickly child growing up. I was always in the hospital. I was always sick, always going through medical issues. You know, it started when I was about five years of age. And then when I was about 16, doctors diagnosed me with an immune dis- disorder deficiency. And, and, and when I was 16 years old, I always asked the question, why me? Why me? Like, why do I have to go through this? Why, why do I have to be this person? Why me? And then growing up, my parents were divorced when I was a very young age. And I'd always ask the question again, why do my parents have to get divorced? Well, I see my friends, their parents are together. And then here's me, and I got my dad lives somewhere else, and I visit him on the weekend. And it's like, why, why me? Why, do, why does it have to be me? And then, you know, obviously, I kind of graduated high school and got into college, met my beautiful wife, Nicole. We got married about four or five years after we got married. I was like, hey, you know, it's time maybe we start having kids, you know. And little did we know it was going to take us about four or five years to have children. And in those four or five years, it was like, why, why is this happening again to us? Why me? Why me? And I started to view my life and who I was through all of the things of my history that were out of my control. So those things that were, that were that I looked at my life and said, that's just who I am. I'm just a, a sickly person, always gonna be sick, always gonna struggle with this, you know, nothing good's gonna happen to me. Like, I, I love God, but man, I'm just, I'm really not that blessed, you know. I'm just walking through life, just struggling, you know. Like, I, I don't have a good relationship with my dad. And I looked at my life through the lens of my history. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older and I said, wait a second, wait a second. You know, I can't live my life 
viewing myself through the history and things that have happened to me, things that maybe I've even done. I can't view myself like that because that's not who God says that I am. And I had to take a moment where I said, wait a second. You know what? I don't like those things, but that's not who I am. I don't like those things that are in my past and in my history, but that's not who I am. Who am I? I'm a child of God. Man, God loves me unconditionally. He gave his son for me. Like, like, like there are some things to say, okay, wait, I am a blessed individual. God has blessed me with some stuff. I love my life. I love everything that God has done in my life. I wouldn't change a thing. Like, I look back on everything and I say, man, I just thank God so much for what he's brought me through. And I thank God for all of those things. And I say, listen, you know, my identity is in Christ Jesus. It is not in the things of the past. And I love it because then even Isaiah, it talks about this in the Bible. Verse 43, it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I love that line right there. Do you not perceive it? Because I think a lot of times we don't perceive it. We just view our life through the identity of our history, our past, mistakes, who we think we are. And we don't perceive that God is doing a new thing. He wants to do a new thing in our life. We perceive, I'm stuck at the red light. I can't move forward because of my history. But can't you see it that the light's green over your life? He wants you to move forward. He wants to draw close to you. He wants to put plans and dreams and things into your heart to do in this life. Like, can't you perceive it that he has a calling over you? He's got things he wants to do in and through you. And I love it. It says this. He goes, I'm making a way in the wilderness. Sometimes our history can look like a wilderness. It can look like something that we're like not proud of, that it's like, oh my goodness, this just seems like a wilderness. And then it says, and streams in the wasteland. Sometimes we can look at our, our, our history as a wasteland too. But I love it. He says, no, 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 listen, God is making a way in the wilderness. It doesn't look like there's a way, but God's going to make a way. And that life, that history that you think is a wasteland actually streams. And like, like water, which brings life, is going to come out of something that you perceive to be dead in your life. Like that's how good God is. So I think with all my heart that we need to move on from our history. But then number two, if you're taking notes, I believe we've got to move on from our old habits as well. If you want to move forward into the things that God has for you, there's got to be a time where you kind of take a self-inventory, you look at your life and say, okay, what are some habits? And I'm talking about like, what are some addictions in my life that I just need to stop doing? I need to get free from. And, and a lot of times when we say addictions, immediately we can think of like drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. But there's a lot of things in our life, if we are honest with ourselves, that have a little bit too much control over us than they should. Like, we can have some things in our life that we're like, you know what, like, like I, this isn't a problem to me, but everyone else around you is like, it's a problem. Like, I can see it all over you. Like, there are some things in our life that we can be addicted to, but our addictions a lot of times will blind us to really what the truth is going on in our life. And I think with all my heart, too, that, that we need to move forward in a sense that God has a plan for you. He has a, a purpose for you, but he wants you to be free in moving forward as well. He doesn't want you to go into the next year still chained up and in prison to an addiction. He wants you to walk forward in complete freedom. And that's why I love our, our 21 days of prayer. We, we actually do this every single January. It actually begins today if you didn't know about that. We do a 21 days of prayer and fasting. The first 21 days of, of January, we just kind of, hey, let's set aside. I encourage you to take a part in this as well. We say, hey, what would our life look like if we dedicated the first 21 days of the new year to, to really focus in on Christ, focus in our relationship with God? But the best part for me, honestly, that I love is the fasting part. 
where we say, okay, what are some things that have control over me that I'm going to set down for a season and say, you know what, I'm not going to let this control me. The only one I want to have any control over me is the spirit of God in my life, is Jesus. Like, I'm not going to let anything else control me. I want, I want God to control my life. And we have to set down some things. And, and you know, we talk about fasting and there's different foods and diets and things you can do like that. But you don't have to be so legalistic on the fasting part. Excuse me. <coughs> Got something in my throat. All right, way better. Okay. You don't have to be legalistic on the fasting part because what happens a lot of times, there's some things that really have a bigger control on us than food ever would. Like, like I was thinking if I said, hey, let's do a 21 days of prayer and fasting and we're going to cut out some foods. I think some of you maybe say, you know what, Pastor, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. It's going to be hard. You know what? It's going to be different. I've never done this before. But I think I can do it. I think I can do it. I just got to really dedicate my, myself to it. I think I can do it. But if I said, hey, let's take the next 21 days and uh, let's only use our cell phones to make phone calls. Like some people in here be like, nope, I can't do that, Pastor. I'm out. I'll see you later. I'll see you when the 21 days is over. Like uh, I've got a game that I'm really achieving some high levels in and I can't, I got to check in every day. And so I need to be there and do that. And or, or I'm addicted to social media on there, and I have to be a part of that, and I have to see what other people are saying, and I have to show my status and put a picture up. I have to do some things. And, and that can honestly sometimes be more of a control over our life than, than food would ever be. And so what basically what I'm saying is what are some things that, that have a little bit too much control over our life that we need some freedom from? We can say, God, what are, what are, what, what are some things that, really are mastering me when only you should be my master. Now, again, this is a beep, beep, you know. Hey, not trying to make anybody feel. This is just, hey, light's green. Maybe there's some things in our life that we need freedom from that we don't even see. Maybe it is cell phones. Maybe it is some food. Maybe it is some, some pain uh, prescription medicine. Maybe it is sleeping pills. Maybe it is some other things, drugs, alcohol. Maybe it is, you know, likes on social media. Maybe it is other people's approval. Maybe it is a list of a million things. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's all these other stuff. Like, like what are some things that have a little bit too much hold of us? We say, God, I, I'm going to lay this down for you. Because I don't want anything to control me. God, I want you to be my master, my king. And God, I, I'm putting my life aligned with you. I'm going to refocus my life completely in on you. Because I believe that is what you're calling me to be. I, I love what Isaiah 58 even says this. He goes, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Basically what that's saying is that sometimes fasting just can break the chains of addiction off our life where you can truly experience freedom. Sometimes I think we don't even realize. We're, like I said, we're blinded to the fact that actually we're imprisoned by some of the addictions that we have allowed in our life. And what would your year look like if you said, I'm going to move on from some of these things, and I'm going to find freedom in my life to experience truly the life that God has called for me to be. I just believe that. So our 21 days of prayer and fasting begins today, um, and basically this is an opportunity for you to say, hey, I'm going to refocus my life on God this year. I'm going to, I'm going to take some time, and, and again, remember, sometimes doing something like this, it's like Jesus said, are you ready to rough it? You want to follow me? Well, hey, what can you do to carve out some time to spend with the Savior of the world? 
What can you do to, to spend some time with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Like, can, can you do it? Can you, if you want the same result you've been doing your whole life, like keep doing the same thing over and over again, like, but what if you want a different result? What if you're to a place in your life, you say, I need a change. Like, I need something different. I need, I need a, a different result than what I've been getting. And maybe it's time to try a different pathway. Maybe it's time to try a different uh, thing to see a different solution. So our, our 21 days of prayer is January 5th through 25th. And what we do in here is that, what we do is every uh, Monday or through Friday from 8, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., we go on Facebook Live and we do a live stream of prayer service. So you can go to our, actually our website, citylightchurch.com. You click the, the, the logo right there, the 21 Days of Prayer logo. It'll take you to our prayer page. You can click on the Facebook page and you can take you right to that where you can say, okay, you know, I can stream into a live prayer service that the church is doing. We hook up with a, a church down in Birmingham, Alabama, the church that helped launch us, Church of the Highlands. They do an excellent job at a one-hour prayer service. has a little bit of worship, a little bit of prayer. It's a great combination of some things where just to help set your day, start your day off right. And if you say, Pastor, uh, I don't do Facebook. I hate Facebook. Facebook is of the devil. I'm fasting Facebook. And so you could say all those things. Well, if that's you, on the same page on our website, there's a place where you can click. There's a link for you that click take you right to Church of the Highlands website where you can go there. You don't need Facebook to join us for that. But, you can, but if you say, hey, Pastor, I just don't know if I can do the mornings. Mornings are hard. I'm off to work. I'm, I'm at work by 7 a.m. or 7.30. I got the kids going. I can't do this. Like, there's an alternative for you, too. At the same time, the next 21 days, Monday through Friday, we're opening up our church office, which is literally right across the street, by the way. And, and from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., we're opening up our church office where you can go there, and our team's going to be there. We're going to be praying, uh, just spending some time with the Lord. You can find some people to pray with. You can just spend some time with other folks and just say, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of time, and, and we're going to spend some time focusing in on the Lord, and I'm going to carve out some moment of my, of my day to say, man, God, I'm putting you first this year. I'm putting you first because I need you. So the address is on the screen. Obviously, you can take a picture of that if you need to, but you can reach out to me or the church office, and we'd be happy to get you all that other information. But the third thing, if you're taking notes, that I think we need to move on from in 2020 is I believe we need to move on from our old hurts as well. We need to move on from our, our, our history we need to move on from our habits, but I believe we need to move on from our old hurts. And what I mean by your old hurts, and I'm talking about the, the wounds in our life that, that we still carry around that maybe somebody else said or somebody else did to us at some point in our life. What I found that is so true is that so many people walk around with the pain of their yesterday because of what somebody else did to them. And, and they, they, they look at that and they say, wow, you know, I'm... I still struggle with that person, that, that family member, that parent, that friend. They did this. They said this. And I still carry this around with me. It is a deep wound in my life. And what happens a lot of times, too, is, is whenever I talk about forgiveness and talking about these types of things and move on from your hurt, a lot of times people, I know, they sit there and they say, okay, pastor, don't go there. Don't go there because you don't know my situation you don't know the hurt that I've been. You don't know what they said. You don't know what they did to me, Pastor. You don't know, so please don't go there right now. And, and you're right, absolutely right. I do not know exactly how you've been hurt by another person on this planet. I, I don't know, but God does. God absolutely does. And God wants to heal you from whatever hurt that you have from your past. I always found that 
The way that I know that I haven't been healed is that somebody talks about forgiveness or, or forgiving somebody, and I go, ow, 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 don't, no, 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 don't talk about it. No, 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 no too sensitive. Not yet, not yet. Uh, that means that I haven't let God in yet to truly heal the wound that's, that's in my heart. And that's a, a telltale, it's a red flag for me to say, okay, there's something that I still have not let God deal with yet. What would it look like if this year you said, okay, I'm gonna move on from those old hurts, those things that I've been carrying around with me for years, those things that that person said, that those things that that person did. What would it look like if you said, God, I'm just giving it to you and I want you to heal me from all of the hurts of my past? What would your life look like? I bet it would be a lot better. I bet it would be a lot more freedom. I bet there'd be a lot more joy in your life than you've had in the past. And listen, God wants to do that inside of you. He wants to take every hurt, every wound, everything that maybe you've never told anybody about and say, give it to me. That's why I went to the cross. That's why I did all these things so that you could find freedom in who Jesus is. So what we do is we say, God, I give you my hurt. I just give it to you. I can't hang on to it. I don't wanna carry it into my next year. God, I place it in your hands. I wanna move forward. And listen, like I said, the light is green. You can move forward in those things. You can say, okay, I'm going forward because I, I trust that God has my best interest in mind because I love what, what 2 Corinthians says. It says this, if you're a Christian, if you believe in Christ, it says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. I love that, that you don't have to be that old person anymore. You don't have to be the person that you don't like. You don't have to be the person that has the hangups. You can be somebody completely new when you're in Christ, that you allow Jesus to come into every aspect and every area of your life, and you can experience the life that he truly has for you and is out in front of you. He just wants to get you to begin to move forward into the areas so you can experience the life he has for you. I wrote this down, and you can take, you'd write this down too if you want. But I can't start the next chapter of my life if I keep rereading the last one. Like you, you can't start the next chapter of your life. The thing that God wants you to move into, if all we're doing is just rereading the last chapter, the one that we're disappointed with, the one that we're, 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 we're sad about, the one that, we're, that maybe we're thinking defines us. No, it doesn't define you. It's God defines you. His word defines you. That is what he's calling you to be. So, so those are some areas that we need to move on from. But how do we do it? How do we really do this thing? How do we put it all together? Well, let me just give you a few quick things. I think this is how we move forward. We know what we need to move on from, but how do we actually do it? One, really quick, get closer to God this year. Like, like get, get, get so closer to God. Like, get all up in his grill in 2020. Like, that be, that, that be your life motto for 2020. Like, I'm gonna get as close to Jesus as I humanly possibly can. That may mean I need to change some things in my routine of my day. That may mean I'm gonna change the way I, I set up some things. I'm gonna look at life a little bit different. What would your life look like if this year you got as close to Jesus as you possibly could? What would your life look like if you were so close to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the, the creator of the heavens and the earth? The light is green. He's saying, come. He says, draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. He's waiting for us to take the next step. What would it look like if you said, God, I'm drawn close to you this year? 
But also, I think, how do we move forward from our history, habits, and hurts? Number two, man, we got to get closer to other people as well. You got to get close to others. This is the one part about Christianity I think a lot of people don't understand or maybe don't like. is that God does a work and a healing work in your life by surrounding you with life-giving relationships and people. Like sometimes we're like, no, pastor, you don't get it. People is my problem. Like that's the, my problem. It's people. I need to get away from people. Like what are you talking about? Like no, 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 no. You're just wrong with the wrong people. Let those old acquaintances, they should be forgot. Come on. Like surround yourself. Man, I'm going to surround myself with some great life-giving people. Some people that I can, I can, I can be there for me. They can pray for me. I can pray for them. People that will surround me when I'm going through life's ups and downs. People that can speak encouragement into me. Like, I got to surround myself. I can't be in an isolation state any longer. I got to surround myself with people that are going to lift me up. That's why our city groups are so important at our church. We talk about them all the time. Our next semester starting in February. And we got men's, women's, financial freedom groups. We got all these things. And just so you know, the topic that they're doing is not really the goal. That's not, like, the thing, like, like it's not really, to, it's, not, it's a men's group, yes, but it's a men's group so you can find other men to connect with. Like, like the relationship is the goal. Like the title that it says, like financial peace, like getting out of debt, that's not the goal. I mean, it's a great goal, but the goal is really to say, hey, I got people I can talk to. I've got relationships. I got friendships. When I come to church, I'm not sitting alone anymore, but I got people that I can talk to that are actually caring about me, and I care about them, and I'm doing life with people now. Like, like to get closer to others, man, that, you're going to be able to move on from some things in your past when you're surrounding yourself with others that are speaking life into you. But number three, how do I move on from my history, my habits, my hurts? Man, you gotta get closer to the purpose and your purpose and your passion. You gotta get closer to the, the, the number one reason why God's placed you on the planet. Like, I think a lot of people miss this, that they don't see it, that man, God has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for you to do on this planet. Like, like he's got something for you to do. And he wants you to experience it. He's got a passion that he's already put inside of you. And then when you're doing it in the correlation with what God's plan is, you come alive. It's like, oh my goodness, like I just come alive. I was talking to a lady who was coming out of our kids' ministry a couple weeks ago. And she's had the biggest smile on her face. And I said, hey, did you serve today? You know, and of course she had a big t-shirt on and said kids. And I'm like, duh, of course you served. She goes, yeah, I served today. I go, how'd it go? She goes, it was awesome. It was so great. I go, kids ministry right like you're in kids little ones kids yes she goes I love it she says it's the highlight of my week she goes he goes you know what he goes my whole week is is, is it's, I struggle there's some tough times things at work but when I know Sunday's around the corner man it just it helps me to get up in the morning like it helps I can wake up excited like that's what I look forward to because I get to pour into these little ones and and, and they're actually pouring into me more than I could ever pour into them. Like, I have a reason to get up in the morning. And I think a lot of times in life, like, we struggle and we go back to the old ways because we don't have a, a, a purpose and a plan. Like, we just get up in the morning and just like, hey, it's another routine, another day. It's another thing. It's got to go to work. Got to do this. Got to do this. And we're missing the passion. We're missing the joy. We're missing the God-given purpose that he's placed over your life. And it's like, what if you woke up every morning and know, man, what is God going to do in my life today? How is he going to use me to impact someone else? Like, what, what's my purpose? And I'm actively pursuing it. Like, when you're pursuing the purpose that God has for you, you're not thinking about your history. 
You're not thinking about those old habits. You're not thinking about those old hurts. All you're thinking about is, man, what is God doing in me and where am I going and I'm moving forward in the plans that he has for me. That's what you're thinking about when you're walking in those ways. It's when we stop following our purpose and our plans that God intended for us is when we shrink back into the old ways because we think, oh, I'm not moving forward, so I just might as well be moving backwards. And that's what happens so often. But then number four, last thing, how do I move forward in the history, from the history, the habits, and the hurts? And it's just simply this. Get closer to something greater than yourself. Get closer to something that's bigger, that's greater than yourself. When you realize I got a purpose, I realize God has got a plan for my life. But then you realize that the plans and purpose that God has for you, they're not for you. They're not for you. Like there's a great verse in the Bible that fruits of the spirit, that love, joy, peace, patience will come out of your life. You know, it's like a fruit on a tree. It gives this illustration. Did you ever realize that like the fruit from a tree is never for the tree that bears it? It's for the other people that walk underneath of it and grab an apple. Like, like that's what the fruit is for. It's not for you. It's for other people. Like your plans and destiny, the things that your purpose that you realize you have, it's not for you. It's not for you to, 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 to make more money with. It's not for you to, to feel like you're climbing up the corporate ladder more. It's, it's for you to say, okay, how can I leverage everything that God's given me so that I can be a blessing to the people around me? Like, like I'm blessed to be a blessing. And when you... When you begin to make an impact in somebody's life for the kingdom of God, in spite of you, because listen, we all know ourselves. We all know our shortcomings. We all know our mistakes. We all know our failures. We all know those things. We know it. But then you see that God uses you in spite of you. Man, that brings a joy that's, the Bible calls it unspeakable. You can't even talk about it because it's so real. It's so awesome that God would use you to do so many great things on this planet. Get closer to something that's greater than you. Get closer. Make a difference for him on this planet, and you'll experience life like you've never experienced. I wrote this last thing down that I just wanted to share with you because I know that there's some people in this room maybe who, who say, Pastor, all that's great and everything, but you know what? I wish I could go back. Man, I wish I could go back and change some things. I wish I could go back and change some, some decisions I made. I wish I could go back and change some relationships I was in. I wish I could go back and change some stuff about my past. And, and it's hard because I still have a lot of regret. I wish I could change some stuff. Well, the bottom line is we can't. Back to the Future is just a movie. Like we can't go back and change some things. But I wrote this down and I hope it encourages somebody in this room today. I can't go back and change the beginning but I can start where I am and change the ending. That's what I'm talking about. Like you can't go back and unscramble the eggs. They're scrambled. But you can start from where you're at right now, today, on this day, first Sunday in January of 2020, and say, okay, here's the deal. I can't go back and change those things, but I can start where I am right here, right now, today, and I can impact the ending. I can impact the ending of my life and what God is doing in me by what the choices I'm making today. Yeah, maybe it's going to be hard. Yeah, maybe i got to rough it a little bit. Maybe there's going to be moments i got to carve out time with God that I don't. It's, it's hard to make those moments and those decisions in life. Man, i got to get closer to people. i got to do some things. Maybe it's going to be hard. But listen, listen, if it was easy, anybody would do it. 
but the reward at the end is so much greater than what you can experience doing it on your own. When you're, when you're saying, okay, God, I'm, I'm submitting to your ways, not my ways, man, the blessing that God has for you is so much greater on the other side of it. You just gotta trust him and you just gotta experience it. Could you stand today if you can as we close this message, the first Sunday of 2020. And let's just pray for a minute.